0: It's summer in Minnesota, and that means cabin and lake life. Do you feel me? Have you ever gone to someone's cabin up north and had an invite and gotten up there and, like, oh my gosh, this is so magical? I wish I had my own cabin. Have you ever been that person? I know I have. I'm raising my hand over here. And how do you buy that property? I'm going to dig into some really awesome options uh, and ways that you can maybe buy your own investment property and enjoy lake life at the same time. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Hey, bus bench babes, it's Beth here and it's summer, and I couldn't be more happy. I am recording this podcast on a Monday morning. The sun is shining. It's summer in Minnesota. It's like that time of year that we've all been waiting for. And what is more summer and quintessential, like yumminess in the summer, than a cabin or an investment property or lake life in Minnesota? You know, we're known for our land of 10,000 lakes and I I know I have been I've had cab, I have had clients over the years that um have bought cabins and I'm up north with them thinking, "Oh man, maybe Mark and I should buy a cabin. Maybe we should buy an investment property up here. What could this look like?" And ah, we haven't pulled the trigger yet, but every time I'm up there it kind of just gets those wheels turning. And of course my interior design degree becomes occupational hazard because I'm like looking at cabins and I'm like, oh my gosh, if this was my place, I would do this and this, and this is kind of, this is how I would decorate it. And this is the color I'd paint it. It, I literally, I go out of control, but there's, there's like pros and cons to owning uh, a cabin. And let's talk about some of those things, like how you can make it happen, um, I think one of the first things that people say to me, and when they're thinking about buying a cabin, is they're like, "Well, I don't know how I would pay for it. Like, I like I don't even know what that could look like." Well, here's a couple of options. Um, a lot of sales of cabins happen off market, meaning the property never hits the market, the open market for MLS. They are like. Handshake transactions between an owner and another, you know, someone knows someone, someone's grandpa has a cabin and they've got a land and they've got this extra property on the adjoining land and they'll parcel it off. So a lot of um, cabin sales and lake property sales happen off market. Um so what about seller financing? What if the seller doesn't need to have money in their pocket right away and they would do like a rent to own option for you? Um that probably wouldn't be the most popular option if you bought if you found a property that was on the market, but something off the market, you can get a little bit more creative with what that financing could look like. Um what about having a line of credit on your primary home? Um we've talked about in previous episodes about how much equity homeowners in America have right now. And over over 30% of Americans have, that own homes own them free and clear. And then there's another like 20 something percent that have more than 50% of equity in their home. So what if you got a line of credit on your current home? And that um, interest rate on that's attached to prime. So that number can vary. But many times that's just an interest only payment. And then you can make principal payments whenever you want. And then you have this money sitting there, kind of like a little check, um, checking account on your current home. And then when you find the property that you want, you, um, you're buying it cash. With the line of credit on your current property. Um, There's also things called like private money or hard money, meaning you can get a loan from someone. And sometimes people, you know, if you maybe you get to have a bonus structure with how you get paid from your job, you're like, okay, I get salary throughout the year and I know I'm going to get a big bonus in January or whatever. So maybe you can get money from a hard money source, meaning you're going to pay like a slightly higher interest rate, but you're able to secure the money and then you have repayment terms. But maybe that works good for your situation and knowing that you're gonna get a big bonus and then you could put like big chunks of payments down on it. There are a lot of different options and it's not just as straightforward as what you might think. So you kind of got to think outside of the box with the financing. And that's where a really awesome real estate agent comes into play. Other things to think about when thinking about getting um, a lake home, can you have a lake home work for you and have it um, make you money? So sometimes people just want to have a lake home and that's a place they go to every single weekend. And other people aren't as committed to having a lake home and being there as regularly and want to be able to use it, you know, maybe on big holidays, you know, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day weekend, that type of thing. And some other random, you know, pop-ins and Or maybe they want to use it during the week and then on the weekends um, have it be a rental. You can actually make money. There are a lot of people that rent out their cabins and use it as an Airbnb or have it on Verbo, And then you can make money and help that cover a lot of your expenses in owning a lake home. Cabins can be costly and there are maintenance and repairs and all of that sort of thing and just like general upkeep. Um, so maybe using it as an investment property is something that would make sense from, um, you know, just having it be more of a wash and and covering your actual expenses on your property. But other things to think about when thinking about like, oh yeah, I would love to have a cabin. I would love to have an Airbnb on a lake or up north in the woods. You gotta, there are some things to think about. Like think about what is important to you. Um, how important is weather to you? You know, the further you go up north here in Minnesota, the more snow you're going to have, the longer the seasons are. Um, do you like winter activities um, or are you really like a summer person? Um, what is the, what's fishing like? If you're big into fishing, uh, the lake that you're on or the proximity to good fishing lakes is something that should be really important to you. Something that's really important to me when I'm looking at properties up North is what, what are the amenities around the property? Like meaning um, in town, are there like good food places? Um, Are there good little like grocery stores and convenience stores? How about shopping? You know, a lot of times ladies will do like um, little weekend getaways like little, you know, bachelorette parties and girls weekends and that sort of thing. But a lot of times they want to do like fun little boutique shopping or antiquing or that sort of thing. What are those sort of things in how are they in proximity to where the property is? You know, if you have to drive 30 to 40 minutes to go get groceries, is that something that's gonna make your life easier? Or are you that person that's a really good planner and you're like, not a problem. I am gonna plan all my meals ahead of time and I'm gonna go grocery shopping in the cities before I even leave town. So that isn't important to me. You've got to think about like how are you gonna use this property? And if you're using it as an investment property, you might be a planner, but if you have people coming up to the property, (laughs) they might not be planners and they might be just like on the fly thinking, Oh, we'll just get groceries on our way up to the property. Um, think you got to think about who is the um, avatar of that person that's going to be renting your property. And what are they going to want if it's like a place that's going to be like girls weekends and bachelor art weekends? Yeah, having like fun bars, some cute restaurants, some antique shops and some boutiques, you know, within like a 20 minute radius is probably something that would make sense, and would be an extra lure to get people to come to your property. Um, how far is the drive? This is a big thing when I'm working with um, buyers that want to buy cabins up north, and they say I want to be in um, like a two or three hour radius of the Twin Cities. I'll go to Wisconsin. I'll go north. Most of our beautiful lake properties in Minnesota tend to be north of the Twin Cities. But you know, what does that what does that look like? How far are you willing to drive? I have had clients, I actually have clients and have several friends that have cabins in the Twin Cities or just right around the Twin City metro area. And it sounds weird when people are like, your cabin's like 20 minutes from your house. That's so weird. But if their primary residence is, uh, I have one girlfriend, for instance, they have a primary residence and it's in this Particular school district where their girls want to stay in school. Um, their girls are big time gymnastics gals, and so they need to be in close proximity to the gym where the girls train. Um, and they consider getting a cabin outside of the Twin Cities, and they're like, "It's just not going to work in the summer." Our girl, their girls, are very like competitive athletes, and they don't get summers off from their gymnastics. They have to be in um, the gym four days a week in the summer. So what they ended up doing is they bought a cabin on a lake in the Twin Cities. And it was kind of like a junker house initially. And it, it's been a little bit of a money pit. But they ended up the first year, they um, they bought it when it was cold out, and then um, have been updated it. Um, They did the outside and then they did the inside. And now they're just kind of finishing up the lower level. And it's turning out to be like this stunning property. And from an investment standpoint, they're in such good position. They have so much equity right now because it's not a really desirable lake. And they've made it be this beautiful lake home And so they can go out there, they've got high speed internet, mom and dad can work from the lake, the dog lives its best lake life, the girls are not far from the gym, and they can drive themselves to the gym. So like, what does that look like? What do you want that to look like? Um, I have, a another like real estate colleague that they live in the twin cities also bought a lake home, um, fixed it up and they never intended to live there. And they've been airbnb it nonstop. And they have been making a ton of money every weekend on having it as an Airbnb or for little like sh- staycations in the twin cities, I guess is a good way to think about it. And why why not? You can have a lake property that you can host family events, little retreats. Um, if you're a business owner, maybe you can figure out a way to have some of that be a tax write-off. There's a, there's a lot of different ways that you can slice or dice that and have it be really close to home. So you could buzz over there if you needed to do repairs or do any DIY projects or you, know, you have an Airbnb person and I don't know. Something goes wonky. You can go and handle it right away because it's super close to home. Um, But when you're thinking about buying a cabin, don't overestimate your DIY skills. Maybe the property needs a little bit of work and how much work does it need I know personally from owning um, flips and investment properties currently and then just over the years and having a lot of homes that I have bought and fixed up over the years is that every project takes longer than what I think it's going to take. And it always costs more money than what I think it's going to cost. So those are things to think about, like, do you have to get professionals involved in order to get the home up to par on where you want it to be? Or are there things that you can do yourself and you can do like on your weekends when you get up to the cabin and you know that it's not going to like totally take away from your enjoyment of actually using and enjoying the cabin? Um, How about yard work? You know, if you live in a single family home, and then you buy a cabin. What a lot I hear a lot of people saying is, I do yard work all week long at my primary residence, and then I go to the cabin, and I do yard work all week long at the cabin. Uh, I just know, like for me, that personally would not be something that I would want to do. So are you in a position to hire that out? Or maybe you have, you buy a property that doesn't have a ton of yard work, and maybe it's got more I don't know, like wildlife, nature, grasses, that sort of thing. What about land? What about buying a piece of land? Maybe not necessarily on a lake, maybe not necessarily with a cabin, um, but maybe it's something that you could put a small home on, like a shipping container home. Um, Something that went around the internet last week was like breaking the internet were these super cute kit homes from Home Depot they were advertising them for $45,000. They're really modern and sleek looking and they're painted black and they're essentially like a little kit, tiny home. And they're $45,000. I mean, cars nowadays are more than $45,000. What could you put something like that on a piece of land and have that be just an awesome little getaway? Um, I know something that really just rattles around in my head all the time is having a big piece of land in my dream world. It would be on a lake or something like that, where I would have like shipping container houses or small houses and have several of them. So they could be rented out and have them not be like right on top of each other, like spread out. So it can be like several Airbnbs at the same time. So you're making money you're always making money on the property. Maybe you have a group of people that would come up and rent out, you know, whatever, all six cabins or all eight cabins. Or maybe you have eight groups of people that do not know each other and are independent from one another. And they're just each renting their own little tiny little cottage and you're making money off of it. Um, That's something that I always thought would be so fun. Of course, you have all of the logistics of Um, like well and septic and what that would look like, or are they off the grid? Um, There's a little, you know, there's obviously more involved with like the um, inner workings of that, but you know, all of that, people are doing it all over the country. So I think a lot of that could be solved probably a lot more easily than I'm making that be in my head. Um, When thinking about investment properties or a lake home or a property up North, I like to think about like location, Um, And not just have it be in a part of the state where it's just, it's only summer lake living. And then the whole town like shuts up and rolls up the carpets in the winter. Um, Thinking more year round and seasonality. So if you're listening to this podcast, you live in California, you're probably like, Beth, I have no idea what you're talking about. But here in Minnesota, our summer months are really short, really cherished, cherished. But what about the rest of the year? Um, Having a property that is close to good snowmobiling trails is really attractive. Um, What about ice fishing? Um, What about hunting? What about anything um, either in the woods or on a lake or on a river, Um, near ski resorts, um, near golf really nice golfing in the summer. Um, I have another friend that owns a really cool cabin up North and it's kind of a hike. It will probably wouldn't be my ideal location. Uh, it's about three and a half hours away, but it's in a town that is like a foodie town. Shockingly three and a half hours away. Um, the food is amazing and it's right next to a ski, beautiful like ski place and there's golf. And then it's in a little, um, like a resort. It's a cabin within a resort and it has a pool and it also has an awesome lake and every activity that you could imagine. And I went up there for a girls weekend and we were blown away at how much there was to do. And just even being in the cabin and just on the shores of the water, it was super, super magical. So thinking about How, if you're, especially if you're using this property as an investment property, how are you attracting people that are going to come rent it year round? Something to really think about. Um, when thinking about expenses, things to think about are, you know, are you in a low area where you're going to require flood insurance? That could be super costly and really Add to your bottom line when you're thinking about your finances and your expenses and other expenses. If you have a property that is not year round, like what does winterizing look like? How much does it cost to winterize a property? Do you have somebody that can go check on your property when you're not there? Um, these are all the things that you kind of got to think about from like a money standpoint, a location standpoint. Who is going to be that person renting your property? What are they going to like to? What are they going to um, enjoy doing? And experiencing that might be completely different from how you use your property and experience your property. Um, So here's some ideas you're thinking, okay, yeah, I would totally love to do this. I would totally love to make some um, extra income and maybe have my cabin pay for itself and to have a place to use. So here's some outside of the box thinking. What about an old motel? I just stumbled across a cool couple that uh, were city slickers. They think they're, don't quote, me on this, but I think they're on the West coast and they lived in the city, had, you know, traditional jobs. And they said that we were just kind of tired of the rat race. They bought an old motel somewhere kind of in a little of no middle of nowhere in a little town. And the town was kind of struggling and they're like, we're just going to start infusing some life into this town. So they bought an old motel, moved their kids in there. And then they've been slowly fixing it up. And the transformation of the before and after is like, mind blowing. It's so freaking cute. And, uh, I, I could maybe see myself doing something like that for retirement years. I don't know, but it, the inspiration and the creativity that they were putting it into each of the little, um, motel rooms slash cabins was so freaking cute. Uh, what about an old resort? You see a ton of these up North and, you know, people either age out of the system of running them or it becomes too much work or, you know, grandpa and grandma owned this resort and ran it for all these years. And the kids are like, uh, yeah, no, thank you. I'm not going to run a resort. What about something like that? Or buying a property that was an old resort and getting creative with that. I worked with some friends um a few years ago during COVID and they, you know, we sat down and they were past clients. So they've got a beautiful home in the Twin Cities and they said, Beth, we want to buy a cabin. I'm like, great, let's talk about your must-haves versus I would love to have. And their must-have was a fishing lake with really good fishing. They're like, in our perfect world, we want to be on a beautiful lake with awesome fishing. And we don't really care about swimming in the lake because that's not really our thing. But we want a swimming pool. I'm like, what? Where do you think I'm going to find you? A cabin with a swimming pool. Come on. I'm like, this is a unicorn. They're like, I know. We know this is a really big ask. But in our perfect world, if we could find something like this, this is what we would absolutely love. Well, guess what? we found an old resort that had sort of been parceled out. And what was left on the property was a gorgeous lake home with a big garage. And then there was an additional gigantic storage garage outbuilding that had a tiny little, let's call it like a little motel room attached to it. That was not real cute when they bought it, but it could be really cute. And then it had a dilapidated little cabin, um, that had two bedrooms in it. And let me tell you, it was rough. There was like creatures and, you know, squirrels and whatnot living in there. And guess what? It has a heated swimming pool and it is the prettiest property. They bought it. It's uh, sits on, I don't know, like four acres or something like that. So they have privacy. They are right down the road from the cutest little town ever. The, um, the lake home itself, the big home where they live is beautiful turnkey and it has, I think, four bedrooms. So they have plenty of room to have people up um, and spend the weekends with them. They've got their high speed internet. So they pack up their kitty cats and they go up there um, a lot, a lot in the summer and kind of live up there. They can both work from there and how awesome and magical having your own swimming pool, but then you can get in your boat and go fishing. I'm like, it couldn't be better. So now what they've done is they've fixed up the little cottage. So when family members come up or friends come up, they can stay out in the cottage and have their own little space. They have a little kitchenette and a little um, living room, two bedrooms and a bathroom. And the little cabin is so damn cute. It's like that quintessential cabin. Like you would, I don't know seeing a Norman Rockwell painting or something like that, this cabin is magical. But there's all these interesting properties that are out there that might not fit the needs of some people. But if if you can think outside of the box and think about how you could use that land, you know, my friends could be renting out that little cottage every single weekend if they wanted um, and making money. They don't want people that they don't know just coming and going on their land. But if you're open to meeting new people, like, and have a fishing lake with a swimming pool. You really, they could be making a lot of money on this property. Um, what about getting a, a trailer or a mobile home or something like that and putting it on land? And maybe that's the temporary solution. Maybe you find a beautiful piece of land and building your dream lake home or you know retirement cabin or property isn't in the budget right now, but maybe just having a trailer on the land will buy you some time. And then when you go to build your cabin, you can use the trailer as a place to continue to stay, or you can use that as a bunkhouse for when other people come up to visit you, or maybe just then sell off the trailer and then just keep the property or keep the home that you want on the land as your permanent place something that I love and I go down this Pinterest rabbit hole pretty regularly is shipping container properties. I love them. I think they're so cool. I'm like, I'm the self-proclaimed, I love modern properties. So I would love shipping container property on a lake would be super awesome. So of course you got to check deed restrictions on the particular lake or the piece of land that you're buying. Um, Another thing that I'm seeing a lot of, I am working with some other clients right now that have been looking at seasonal cabins, which are cabins that you can't use them all year round. They probably don't have, they, they might have like a space heater or something, but they're not intended, they're only intended to use like, two to three seasons, but not for our fourth season here in Minnesota. But many times people will use that as their starter cabin, just like a shipping container or a trailer, and then eventually build their dream home on their property and then keep the seasonal cabin for, you know, just when friends or family come up to visit as a bunkhouse. Um, Have you ever considered fractional ownership? This is something that um, the property that I mentioned that was close to the ski hill, and the golf courses, um, three and a half hours way up North that one of my friend friends owns. So it's a fractional ownership cabin, meaning that that friend owns the cabin with other people and you usually own like a sixth of it or an eighth of it or something like that. And the weeks that you get to use the cabin are all divvied up. You know exactly what weeks, um, you are allotted and, if you want to trade weeks with people, you can do that. Um, if you want to rent your your portion out for a number of the weeks, you can do that also. Um, the cool thing about it is that fractional ownership cabins are usually also a fraction of the price, and they almost always come fully furnished. And in order to have people like really love them and want to, you know, rent them out regularly, they're fully stocked like an Airbnb and they usually have really nice decor, nice furniture, and there's a cleaning, um, There's a cleaning uh, service involved in the ownership. So every time someone is up there, it's kind of like staying at an Airbnb or a cabin that somebody goes and cleans it. So when you get up to the cabin, you usually don't have to do any yard work. You don't have to clean. You don't have to strip the beds. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to bring up anything. They've got all the supplies there. All you do is show up and grab some alcohol and grab some food and enjoy your weekend. That is a super, super desirable type of cabin ownership for a lot of people. What about owning a cabin in a family situation with um, family or friends and you do kind of your own version of the fractional ownership and you create your own business model around what that looks like? Um, Maybe, you know, you and your sister can you each have X amount of budget and it's not really going to get you the type of property that you want. But if you pooled your resources, you could have um, a property that maybe is big enough for everybody to live on. Maybe it's something that, okay, you're weekend on weekend off, that sort of thing. I have some friends that had a property out in the Jersey shore. It was a really big property that everyone in the family was mom and dad. And then two married couples, you know, the siblings, and then there were four grandkids And they would, they could all be at the property all at the same time, but then they also would do it where they say, okay, I get this weekend and I'm going to have friends up. And so they would sort of round robin. And so everybody got to use the property um, a little bit of the time. Um, What if you parcel off a piece of land from a family member that owns a big chunk of land somewhere up North? There are so many different ways to do this, there's no right or wrong way to do it. And this is where you get a real estate agent involved that either really is a specialist in the area, or someone that has experience, maybe someone that owns a cabin themselves. Or um, what I do is like I sell in the city, but I have great resources up north all over that I can tap into and pick their brains and it becomes just a wealth of knowledge and information. And you can do a lot of research on Airbnb about certain areas. And like, you can see like how much they're booked out and sort of do some rough numbers as to how much money that you could make, um, leveraging a lake home and also have it be an investment property. So summer's here. It's a great time to be out on a lake and to enjoy summer to the fullest. So if this, um, if this is something that sounds interesting to you, if you're um, if you're in the market for this and you're in the Twin Cities, we'd love to have a conversation about you with like what this could look like. Um, if you're a real estate agent, partner up with some um, other realtors that are in lake or resort areas. And so you can have an awesome referral partner to send your clients to that are thinking about this sort of extra money making idea or passive ways to make money. And if you're a real estate agent, think about buying a place like this for yourself. Always awesome to have additional streams of income. And what better way to be able to use a lake and uh, make money at the same time? So until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babes that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl, Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to Girl Get Your girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.